Welcome to HR Talk with HR Locker, the podcast that brings you all things HR, adult development, remote working, and deliberately developmental organizational culture. We're available on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. Over the course of the next few weeks and months, we're going to be hosting many guests over many series and over many episodes, so we hope that you can join us. You can do so by subscribing to the podcast right away. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, hrlocker.com. In today's episode, Adam Coleman, founder and CEO of HR Locker, joins us on the podcast. We recap Adam's recent article in the Sunday Business Post. Adam talks about the origins of the infamous HR Locker, hashtag work is no longer a place, perfecting culture over the last 10 years, how to keep a steady ship when a senior team member leaves, and discusses whether or not people are going to rush back to the office post-COVID-19. We also discuss dual working, adult development, and why the best performer on your team does not mean that they are necessarily suitable to manage their own team in your business. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Adam Coleman, CEO of HRLocker, is here to talk to us today about the recent shift and surge in remote working due to COVID-19. And in saying that, he has had an article published in the Sunday Business Post recently where he issued some guidance and some might even call it warnings to businesses out there who are now all of a sudden managing remote workforces uh, who may have never even entertained the idea or the concept before. I will link to that article below, but for now, I just want to thank you for joining me on the call today, Adam. Thank you very much, John. Um, I was having a read over the article again yesterday, actually, and uh, I had forgotten just how much useful content is in there. It's probably about a thousand words, uh, to be honest, looking at it at first glance. Did that take long to think about that article or is this the kind of stuff that naturally rolls off the pen and onto paper for you? Well, it naturally rolls off uh, onto paper for me, um, purely on the basis that what we've been doing in HR Locker and how we've been working as a company, even outside the product, has flitted from the traditional, everybody has to work in an office, to probably when we started back as a HR consultancy in 2004 to, um, you know, if we, want to, if we want to run a business that's based out of Lahinch in County Clare and that is a worldwide business, um, we have to be prepared to seek talent from other jurisdictions. Um, and we also need to sell the benefits of how working with a company as agile as us or as flexible as us can allow you to bring your job uh, that, that you don't have to move companies to develop your job and your career. Um, even though you might want to live in five different places in your lifetime. So you shouldn't necessarily have to change jobs when you move those five different places because what people, you know, the, the, people talk about the most, um, uh, stressful times in their life and they, they talk about children they talk about moving jobs they talk about moving locations um, we're trying to build a situation where you don't necessarily have to have to move job if you want to live in Valencia Island or the Philippines as long as you're willing to um, work within the principles of the organization now it's taken us what is it now 2020 it's taken us the bones of 10 years to perfect this and even when we did perfect it, as we thought we would have perfected it, you know, we, we went out with the hashtag, work is no longer a place. And even when you started to talk to people internally who prefer to be in the office, they would say, oh, I find it very, very difficult to work with that person because they're, 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 um, they're a remote worker. 
you know, then the learning has to be with that person, not the remote worker. So like I have a head of, head of product and marketing and <clears throat> when we were looking at hiring a customer success person, she was saying, oh, I don't think we can do that from, from a point of view of, we, we really need them to be in the office quite, quite a while. And I said, no, I don't think we don't. And we shortlisted down to three people, uh, one person who was local, one person who wasn't quite local, and one person who certainly wasn't local. And to be completely frank and honest, uh, because we were in this hybrid mode, um, you know, I said to our head of product marketing, and says, no, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to manage this person. So it's really your call. As it works out, we hired the person and um, uh, they've obviously been working remotely for the last two months yeah. because they've had to and uh, it's working famously. So now I've got her in a situation that she knows that she can manage remote people. Mm -hmm. So I, I suppose the point what I was trying to make was that even when you're geared up for it, like uh, a company like us, when you go totally remote, uh, which we've had to do, it is a different skill set that needs mm -hmm. to from both sides the employee has to have a reason to want to do it normally and the manager has to have or build up the skill set to be able to do it excellent so on the back of that then do you think a lot of companies are going to stay remote completely remote or maybe you think some people are rushing back to the office and some companies can't wait to get back in the office to manage their people well we, we have 450 currently 450 clients and we're probably adding about 10 a month so uh, and as, at the beginning of the, the COVID-19, the, the most important thing from my perspective was that we find out what our clients are doing and we need to, we need to sort of um, save and manage the current customer base we have. So we put a lot of emphasis in the first month of the COVID thing to get in touch with every single one. Mm -hmm. um, and every one of them had different, um, had different issues. And, uh, but the one thing I kept bringing up with them was that, look, you know, it's the same. If with the tools that are out there at the moment, with whether you go with Teams, you go with uh, Slack, whether you go with Zoom, whether you go with whatever technology you're using from a from a video conferencing perspective or, or a teamwork perspective, you know, all those tools are there. It's just a matter of people using them, and uh, and I think most of I think most of my own people have adjusted quite well. Some of our clients are. are are struggling a bit, mm -hmm. um, but they're only struggling until they get things in situ. Like it took us about a week and a half to two weeks to really get into the actual swing of things to be hundred percent remote. Mm -hmm. And some of them, it'll take a lot longer. Like for instance, I was having a chat with a very, very large company of ours yesterday. And I said to the lady who's the HR director, I said, look, I said, how are you finding it? She says, oh, everyone's dying to get back in the office. Wow. I said, oh my God, I said, you've got three kids. And you know, I know, I know it's hard managing kids when you're at home and all that sort of stuff. But would you not use this as an opportunity to go to your employer afterwards and say, God, you know what, really working from home worked for me really well. And I'd prefer that to do that more often, maybe in a structured environment. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of employers, if it has worked, which it will have worked a lot of the time with your best employees, um, they will be more inclined to say, do you know what? Yeah, you're right. It did work. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Uh, you know, Let's organize what works well for you. Do you want to work home from two days a week, three days a week, whatever? Yeah. So I think dual working scenario is going to be more to the fore because I think a jump to straight remote is, is, is too much. Yeah. Now, hats off to companies who started like this um, and uh, who are completely dispersed and completely remote uh, 
uh, Scraping Hub, for instance, in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know much about the organization, but anything I hear from anybody else, and particularly when they're talking about remote working in the company, they say, oh my God, these guys have done it really well, and they're 100% remote, and et cetera, et cetera. And fair play to them. It's really, really good. Um, most companies, I think it's a bridge too far, mm-hmm. but I think they can work towards it if they really want to. Yeah. As well as those tools that you mentioned, um, your article also alluded to the in-office skills that managers have used up until now um, that may now be rendered useless when managing remote workforces. You indicated that there's about four pillars to making the transition successful and actually keeping it successful. Uh, Those powers were empowerment, decisiveness, collaboration, and empathy. So I want to bring it back a little bit to empowerment. One of the first things that caught my eye there was that you said it's about trust first. And secondly, there's a quote that I want to to pull out of the article that you said, nothing kills motivation, morale and productivity, like having someone look over your shoulder, even virtually. Your counter to micromanaging is delegation, trust and accountability. Is that the way you see successful businesses are now managing their teams remotely? Um, And is this something that other companies who may not be doing this need to fall in line with quickly? Well, there's, there's two elements. If, if, you, if you're coming from, uh, if you're talking to the CEO or any senior guys in Scraping Hub, they will have a completely different spin on it because obviously they've been remote all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, uh, I think when we're pushed towards a remote scenario like COVID-19 has made us do, I think the most important is empathy mm-hmm. because, you know, you might be chasing somebody to have something done, um, but you don't know whether that person's mother, godparent, child mm-hmm. may have got COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, or all of a sudden they're struggling with trying to work when there's three kids in the house. Yeah, with the creche is closed down. Because, because the creche is closed down and maybe their partner is out working. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in forced remote working like this the first question has to be how are you mm-hmm. yeah. or as they say in west Clare, how are you within yourself you know <laughs> um, and it's it's important to to ask that question but at the same time i'm a little bit annoyed with um it's unprecedented times on every email so it has to really be empathetic yeah mm-hmm. like uh, with 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 people who work within ourselves here um, you know, you, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. And if you have afforded them the, the uh, ability to work from home, you have to take that on as, a, as an additional piece to how you're managing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Now, we do it that, that everybody who, who basically wants to work remote gets the same desk in the office, gets the same seats in the office, gets the same risers in the office. So they get the same setup as, as everybody has in the office. Mm-hmm. And even before this COVID-19 uh, piece, if we were having a conference call and there was five of us in the office and one person remotely, I tried to insist on people still remote in from their desktop mm-hmm. because you don't want that person who is remote on their own feeling disenfranchised yeah. or they're not hearing stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and that's something I picked up from John Reardon, by the way, from um, Shopify. Okay. So I, I haven't invented that myself. I just took it, plagiarized it and reused it, which is the best way to learn. Probably to answer your question better uh, was, um, you know, the, the manager skill set. <clears throat> um, I think, I think uh, managers' tendency in general, uh, when a person gets promoted from being the best salesperson or the best accountant or the best developer or marketeer and they end up in a management role, 
I think a lot of companies actually forget that training is required for that person to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And I, I use the word leader rather than a manager because I think when you are actually a remote manager, when you're managing remote people, it's more leadership skills than management skills that you really need. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, and I think any organization who's going this particular route should have put together some form of a training course or tick list or whatever the case may be to basically um, ensure that that manager has been supported by the business to be the best possible remote manager or manager for that matter that they can be. But a lot of organizations get their best salesperson, they, they promote them to being a sales manager and they gain a shitty sales manager and they lose their best salesperson. Yeah. So it really needs to, and, and this is no different than remote or, or, or in-house, but it's probably heightened when it comes to remote work. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, something else that caught my eye under collaboration was you said that a bunch of employees sitting in the same office does not constitute a team and it takes a leader to bring them together. That's something I really actually liked in the article. Uh, when I read that line, it almost hammered it into my brain that uh, it's not just being present together physically that matters so much, that collaboration uh, may be the key to keeping remote workers together. Uh, would you kind of agree with that? Would you believe that having to proactively collaborate across the team while you're working remotely can actually bring teams closer together than if they're just working in the office uh, beside each other? There's a, an extra effort that has to be made to jump on a call just to just to have a quick chat. I would say, and I'm going to... I'm going to probably answer your question in a roundabout way. You, you talked about, the, you know, in order for a team to happen, it has to be led and it has to have whatever. Take it one step back. Um, so in order for any organization to do really, really well, in my mind, they have to have a really good culture within their business. And how that culture is defined, like you talked about collaboration. We, use, we have uh, five principles in our business. One is basically teamwork, which is collab- teamwork collaboration, if you want to call it that. It's flexibility, it's initiative and execution, business integrity, um, trust and truth, and ownership. Um, and I think what, what, are, what those behaviors, they're not just stuck on a wall, they're actually not even stuck on a wall with an HR locker, but people are basically hired against them. Their, perform- their performance is managed against them within, within our performance management, real-time review stuff. Um, they always know where they stand. It gives them a, a, a language to talk about. And if you can get people to, to work to a set of behaviors, principles, competencies, values, whatever you want to call them, and that they use them on a daily basis, then it's, it, it gets a lot easier because it becomes quite obvious what leadership is. And then, you know, for if, if in order to have a good leader, they need to be acceptable, at least acceptable on, on initiative and execution. They need to be more than acceptable in terms of teamwork um, and, and flexibility because people look to them for examples. Like um, uh, my team, uh, I always say to my team, you don't have to do this, but if you call my phone at any time of day, I will answer it. And if I don't answer it, it's because I might have a surf, might be having dinner, but I will get a call back to you within an hour, right? That's, and, and a lot of places would actually disagree with that because they'd say, oh, that's an almost on culture and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I've got an almost on career. I've got almost on goals. And I've got an almost on job. Um, and people make decisions of, you know, we assess people when they're joining the business that, that are they 
capable of working within our culture mm-hmm. or have they and we use a behavioral base so it's like have they previously worked in a culture like this and and even if they haven't worked in a culture like this you ask some questions at the interview is like um what was the best company you worked with and why was it why was it the best mm-hmm. so you're getting specific examples of what they like um so once you get if you get the recruitment piece right basically in your organization uh, and you recruit them against the behaviors principles values or whatever you want to call it uh, and you bring them in and you interview them from a behavior perspective you've got a way better chance of them actually succeeding within your business than most people who use sort of like uh, you know where would you want to be in two years time or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be so you have to establish the culture from the time that the person applies to your job till the time that the person exits mm-hmm. so leadership is important the culture where the leadership exists is just as important mm-hmm. very interesting and excellent points there to wrap up as i know you don't have all day adam uh, very quickly what direction would you point someone in who's in leadership at the moment who's interested in this style of remote dual working culture and maybe developing an open transparent meritocracy for their own company well if you want to start a block on this um Ronan, you know exactly what I'm going to say here is that you need to go and have a good read of a book written by Robert Keegan, spelled K-E-G-A-N, and, and, and Lisa Laszlo-Lehi and Associates, who are a number of um, organizational psychologists from Harvard, who wrote a book called An Everyone Culture. And they basically, when 10 years ago, when the neurologists realized that the brain does continue to evolve after 32 years. Um, and they, they announced this. These guys went straight to the marketplace. They looked at 300 companies and they, they lived with three of them for a year. One was an e-commerce company called Next Jump. One was um, an estate management company called uh, Mercurial. And the third one then was the most successful hedge fund company in the world called Bridgewater Associates, which is Ray Dalio's company. And they lived with them for, for three years, or to one year, sorry. Um, and they, after the one year, they asked them that question. They're what they call a deliberate development organization, where they put adult development at the center of everything that they do. And their culture and principles are everything. And when they were asked by Robert Keegan at the end of the study, each of them were saying, Was your comp- did your company... Uh, deploy the DDO concept, being the deliberate development organization concept, after they became successful? Or was it the reason for their success? And all of them basically said it was the reason for their success. And even in, in the book, it actually, it's, it's not an academic book, even though it's written by organizations like Alex from Harvard. It's very practical. There's snippets, there's nuggets to be learned all the way through the book. And at this stage, I probably read the book about 12 times. I was, um, we didn't know we were, we were a DDO company or a deliberately development organization company where we put adult development at the center of everything that we do. We didn't know it until we were pointed out. It was pointed out to us by a consultant working for Intertrade Ireland after spending a half day with us. He said, uh, you're a DDO. And I said, well, what the hell is a DDO? And he said, it's a company that puts adult development at the center of everything you did. And he, he gave me the book about four years ago. So then we had a framework to work from. So what people do is important for success. 
but how people do it is important for the culture of the business. Mm -hmm. And if you can define how people work and what good looks like under how people work, and you give that as an exemplary to organizations and you hire against it, recruit against it, reward against it, promote against it, um, watch your business fly is, is, um, mm-hmm. is, is uh, my advice. Brilliant. Uh, I do have a feeling you could probably talk on DDO culture for hours and hours at a time. Uh, so definitely a topic we'll explore in future episodes of the podcast. I don't want you delivering everything in the first podcast so people okay. have nothing to come back for. So, uh, And I do think it is a very broad topic that we could have in multiple episodes speaking about it. Um, yeah, um, but the leadership element piece, the leadership element piece is that leadership is a, a skill that can be learned. Mm-hmm. You're not born a leader. You can be born a leader, obviously, but most people aren't born leaders. And then there's a lot of people who won't want to be leaders, which mm-hmm. is okay. That's not a problem. Yeah. And they want to be the best accountant they can, but they don't necessarily want to, want to do leadership. They, don't re- they require to be educated about leadership, but don't necessarily require to be trained in it. Mm-hmm. But in order to you to become a leader, it is a trainable function, no question. You can train a person up, um, but you have to know what type of leader you want them to be in the first instance. Excellent. Perfect. Well, we'll leave you on that. So, Adam, uh, you're giving away too much good stuff for one episode. Uh, but everyone listening, please do uh, join us, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and join us for the next episode. And, Adam, thanks so much for joining us for today's podcast. Thanks very much, Adam. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of HR Talk with HR Locker, the podcast that brings you all things HR, adult development, remote working, and deliberately developmental organizational culture. We're available on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and tune in for the next episode.